Hi, you're listening to our weekly cricket podcast hosted by Osama Riaz. The guests in today's show will be James Butler, Fizan, Usman and Hassan. James, sorry about that. We're having troubles with the connection, but uh, uh, please continue. I'm not sure where I got to. You were talking about the world. You just started, so we're talking Okay. how it's impacted the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's annoying me a little bit that people are slating England for having rain because everybody knows it rains in England. That's what England does. Um, but yeah, we'll get nice days again as well. I think it's uh, it's a shame that we're seeing some rained off matches and that run rate might come a li- become a little bit more important than we first anticipated to decide the, the semi-final lineup. But you know, you look at the weather forecast, it's forecast to rain for another couple of days and then I think it's going to get brighter again. So yeah, we'll, we'll be back on the park and you know, I think it's a little bit dismissive of this country to for people from overseas to say, well, the, the World Cup should not be played in England because it rains. You know, England invented cricket, you know, without sounding a, a tad arrogant, England invented cricket, we've got just as much right of this World Cup as anybody else. So it does annoy me a little bit when I see those comments on social media, but it's not ideal, is it? You know, to play in the rain, it's not a possible thing. So hopefully we'll see some sunshine soon. We'll be back on the park very quickly. Uh, good points uh, raised by James there about cricket being the home of uh, England being the home of cricket and uh, about the weather patterns in England being unpredictable. Anyone want to have a go at this? Fazambay, let's start with you. Yeah, I think he made the, uh, James making the right point. That, and another thing I would like to add to um, what he said there is is like when the cricket's played in England. Um, all the teams have support in England and I think that's that's only possible uh, when it happens in England because uh, nowhere else in any other countries uh, you would get supporters uh, for every side so that's another positive side of having cricket in England and it was in summer so uh, less rain would have been expected uh, like over the over the year the England gets a lot of rain but during these months you would expect it not to rain as much so I think as the competition progresses, because it's a long competition anyway, so I think things will get better. Like we had a bad week, but I think as the things progress, I think we'll be able to put this behind and we'll get to enjoy some cricket in the coming weeks. So. Uh, Usman, your thoughts on the weather, sir, and what James and Fizan have said? So I think it's a great spectacle. I mean, hosting the World Cup. Uh, this is the fifth World Cup that England's hosting and it's always been great. And I was reading uh, a stat the other day that the match between Pakistan and Sri Lanka was, Sri Lanka was only the third game that's been abandoned in the, uh, you know, in the entire that have been um, held in England. So I think, yes, the fans are obviously disappointed and that the rain's playing... Uh, you know, it's playing. Um, I mean, it's disappointing to see all of these abandoned games. But at the same time, I think what's what's there was this um, thing that I read the other day, uh, which was talking about how, uh, given that the World Cup is the ultimate and uh, you know the the uh, you know I mean the biggest tournament that cricket obviously has, it seemed to a lot of people, and on the basis of what I read, um, a lot of fans were commenting on that. It seems as if the Ashes has been given priority over the World Cup, and I say this given the fact that it's been scheduled in the relatively Thank drier you. month. 
So I think this is also slightly. I mean, I know that the Ashes is huge. I mean, it's it's got a lot of following and a lot of people in England. Obviously, they're true lovers of the game and especially the uh, the purest format, which is Test cricket. So they obviously enjoy that and you know the whole rivalry with Australia. So I I understand that it's a big thing, but so is the World Cup. I mean, this was going to be as big as it gets. Uh, this was I mean, this was going to be a huge uh, spectacle. So it's kind of disappointing for me to see the World Cup uh, being held. in what was you know expected to be you know um, a rainy a rainy patch or a rainy phase so maybe they could have scheduled it better hasan your thoughts quickly sir sure right. sure sure so very quickly i i just like to support what uh, usman bhai was saying and uh, i'd build up on that that you know it was going on and uh, the athletes been giving a bit priority over the world cup which is unfortunate and this is a point that i was going to bring up as well However, you know, um, I've been saying this for a while that the biggest indicator of your peak season to play any sport in England is the fact that Wimbledon is always held in July, and uh, you're keeping uh, the Cricket World Cup in the end of May, beginning of June. While I understand we've had other tournaments like the Champions Trophy and the 2019 Tony World Cup in June, they were predominantly towards the uh, later half of June. uh but having said that uh like even if we had to have the matches on these specific dates i think uh what i the icc could have been a bit more better prepared we've seen the likes of sri lanka they could do really well uh in rainy seasons despite them having torrential rains uh they can cover the entire ground and then i think there's an art to have the the required figured it out on how to remove covers with you know a few inches of water puddles on it and then they use the sorter in, in patches very efficiently to you know soak up the wet fields and uh, we didn't see any of that uh, proactiveness from the icc and uh, yeah so uh, due to which some of the good teams might you know get affected which is unfortunate because you have the world cup once every four years and this could have been better planned out great point asan by james your thoughts on all these comments Yeah, there's a couple of things I just want to come back with. In an English summer, there is no guarantee that any of the months are going to be either sunny or or rainy. So to say that kind of end of May, June, and July is guaranteed to be rainy, I think is a little bit false because you know I've I've seen some fantastic Aprils in this country and some fantastic Mays and there's some very wet Augusts. So there's no guarantee with the weather at all through an English summer. So and the other thing is that obviously it's a very much an ICC competition. So they're the ones that have. Um, negotiated when that goes into this English summer. And if you actually think about where the Ashes is, I mean I understand that July and August maybe is a slightly better couple of months for for the weather, but neither England nor Australia would want to play a major test match tournament in the run up to a one day competition. You know, they they wanted to play white ball cricket in the run up to a World Cup. So effectively the World Cup has to come before in the calendar the Ashes series because of the A, a test a five match test five test match series is not good preparation for a world cup tournament James you make a you make a series of good points and you know like I don't want you feeling that we're ganging up on you or anything but the fact of the matter is like you know like, uh the fact of the matter is like you know like uh the world cup got I mean it's like it's an event that happens every four years you know the ICC should should have been better prepared and you know you brought up the fact that it, it is an ICC tournament But let, let's face it. Who runs the ICC? And I mean, it's it's a known fact. It's the big three. It's the English Cricket Board. It's uh, BCCI, and it's uh, the uh, uh, Cricket Australia. 
and um, and you know, <laughs> the weather so far has impacted the the lesser teams. Can I just ask you though, why the ICC are not prepared for this? Because that there, there is, as I've said, there's no guarantee that we 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 could have turned up. I, I don't know what the weather was like this time last year or the, or the year before because I've not got my weather for, my weather maps out, but. I, I, you know, we've had some fantastic Junes, we've had some fantastic Mays in this country in the last few years. We could have quite easily turned up in 2019 and seen a fantastic May, June and July. So just by putting it into these months doesn't guarantee it's going to rain. It's, it's actually having a, having a full week of rain at this time of the year is actually quite a rare occurrence in this country these days. But like you know, I don't, I, like like why not have like uh, like indoor games or like covered games or like you know like I mean it's such a monumental event it's such a massive event. Let me I'm just sure add on that maybe we could have had reserve days or plans like contingency. Exactly. Plans. Or we could That's have had. Just uh, uh, nightmare, though, isn't it? You start having reserve days in this competition, which is already very long, and you are um, keeping teams in in towns or cities for longer, you know, for another day potentially. It, it it it's already. I, I think the World Cup is just about the right length as it is now. It might even be too long as it is now. If you start putting reserve days in, there is going to be another week or two of this World Cup, and that makes it even longer. So uh, just 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 adding up on to that point, like I've seen uh, uh, really good prediction models in England uh, regarding the weather. You know, you you get to know about a week in advance. Uh, why not switch uh, venue? I know there's logistical challenges and then the ticket being sold out, but ICC is already in a loss of when they have to abandon the game. Uh, you know, the tickets they have to refund and the staff that is employed for that match is already gets their weight. I mean, why not look into uh, a way, a policy of maybe switching venues in advance? Uh, James, just going back to cricket uh, itself, uh, who are you predicting to win? Who do you think is going to win? And uh, realistically, how do you see the final four shaping out? You're not going to like me for this because you said it's a predominantly Pakistani crowd that I'm with today. <laughs> but, uh, my, my, my prediction ahead of the World Cup, I think is the same as hasn't changed. Um, I think England and India are going to make the, the semi-finals at least. Um, and I've always thought that I think they're the two best one-day sides in the in the world at the moment. Uh, and my other two teams to get through, I think there's, there's six teams now that could could still win this World Cup. Um, that's Pakistan, Australia, New Zealand, and West Indies. And my two picks to get to the semi-finals from those four would be New Zealand and the West Indies. I think New Zealand are a fantastic team, very consistent, no ma no massive stars, but they they all know their roles. And I think the West Indies can, on their day, beat anybody. And they've, they've turned up with some very big hitters in their team. And I think that could take them a long way in this tournament. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Fizan, I want you to chime in, bro. Uh, and just like comment on like uh, James's uh, final four predictions. Yeah, I think if you look at the stats, uh, like uh, like as a like you would know, you would you would think like Australia, England, India, and New Zealand, considering uh, their but being a Pakistani fan and uh, trusting in our team and our previous results, like how we've performed in ICC competitions, uh, I think uh, um, along with the New Zealand, Australia, India, England, 
Pakistan and West Indies, I think it's going to be a tight um, competition between these six teams. To like, I think out of these six, uh, there will be four teams that will be going for semis. And um, but as we were talking earlier, rain probably play an important factor. And one of these teams, I hope not uh, get knocked out because of the points they are losing at this stage of the tournament. Uh, because of the rain, that'll be really sad. Because uh, some some of the teams have been performing really well. That upset against England by Pakistan was, I think, one of the best games in the tournament yet. And. Um, and Pakistan's already lost points because of the rain. And then um, I see West Indies as a very strong side. I mean, they they have that dominating uh, attitude and the way they've played so far, it looks like they're in the competition for a long run and they, they would want to go in the last four. But let's see, like, we'll have to watch a few more games and see how teams progress in the competition uh, before we can... Um, actually predict who, who's going to be going for the uh, top four um, because as we said it's a quite a long competition Usman Bhai, you bring impartiality to the group your thoughts are on the final four so I think it's going to be England and India I agree with James I think they are by far the best teams uh, currently on display and obviously the heart says Pakistan but uh, given our current position I think we're I think we're now ranked uh, at, I think we're at number eight in the ranking, so it's gonna it's gonna be difficult for us, um, given you know what's transpired and with the rain and us not being able to uh, gain two points uh, versus uh, uh, in our game against Sri Lanka. So now I think uh, I mean we can just I mean, fingers crossed that the rain stays away and now we and now we're able to win all of our upcoming games, especially the tomorrow's uh, match against Australia. I think that for me is a big one, and I think that's gonna signal. Um, how we're actually shaping up because I thought that the momentum was with us and after beating England in England I mean I thought this was going to be you know it was going to change our fortunes but then because of the rain again the momentum has sort of come to a uh, you know grinding halt so it, it all depends on how we uh, how we go tomorrow so if we beat Australia then I think we're going we're gonna to come back in the top four and I think that's going to hold us in you know, good stead as we uh, move forward I think another team that uh, a lot of the guys have overlooked is New Zealand I think they're off to a fabulous start they've uh, you know they've been lucky with the rain as well they've been able to and I mean they've beaten the three relatively weaker teams so the chances of uh, you know so they're pretty much guaranteed um, you know I mean a place in the top four or five if they don't mess up you know their their upcoming games and I think they're they have their bases covered the batting seems to be clicking and of course their bowling is a force to you know reckon with especially in these conditions uh, Trent bowled the other day looked in, you know, I, mean, he, I mean, he was. I think of all the new ball uh, bowlers in this tournament, he's the only one who seems to be getting that in swinger, which is a lethal weapon in these conditions. So I think they're also shaping up to be um, strong contenders, and uh, I think they might just, uh, you know, uh, make it to the semis. And for me, they're the dark horse for sure. Hassan, by your thoughts are on the final four. Right, so if you would have asked me at the start of the World Cup, it would have been probably India, Australia, England, and any of the other like fourth teams. That was always debatable. But uh, as of now, I'd, I'd agree with James as well that India, Australia definitely seem to be the sorry, India and England definitely seem to be the hot favorites. But uh, having said that, I, I would agree with Swan Bhai again that New Zealand is already halfway there. They've won three games. Uh, and you need at least to win six games uh, to qualify into the semi-finals. So, uh, they need three more wins out of potential six games, I guess. 
and statistically they've got one of the best uh, bowling attack as well and then you've seen the life of Munro and Ross Taylor bat really well in their in their recent bat um so uh, i guess the battle is for the last two spots uh, i would have said australia as well but after their loss to india in the last game i think the world cup has slightly opened up and it could be possibly new zealand and west indies because west indies the brand that they're suddenly playing the brand of cricket it's different from what we've seen them play in the last couple of years and uh, they've got their way fast bowlers bouncing uh, teams out and and teams do, do not seem to be prepared for it. we saw it in the rain effect, affected match versus uh, south africa they got the likes of uh, markham and even hashim amla out uh, in a span of a couple of deliveries and, and you know lucky for south africa the, the game was washed out otherwise it seemed like west indies might boss it so uh even though i would want uh, uh pakistan to go through but because of that first match and because of that first toss that they lost versus west indies um i think their net run rate took such a pounding that uh, it might be new zealand and uh, the west indies along with india and uh, uh england to go fair, through fair, fair enough sir fair enough james uh, i've got a series of questions for you bro i know we'll let you go thank you for joining us but uh how one how desperate is england to win their first world cup in terms of first one day world cup two your thoughts on uh, the pakistan versus england match and then uh, finally uh, what's going on with south africa okay <laughs> first firstly then with england um very desperate <laughs> they um we we obviously 1975 1979 made the final made the final again in 92 i think it was a few semi final appearances as well in in the mix but i've never won the world cup and i think i think all englishmen and see this summer of things hugely important not just for the world cup but obviously with the ashes to follow in terms of winning the world cup winning the ashes putting cricket back on the map in in terms of this country getting young people excited about the game again and making cricket um well trying to build cricket back up to a a very popular sport because i don't think there's any doubt that cricket in england needs a little bit of a shot in the arm and if owen morgan's team can do the job in the world cup and then joe root can lead england to success in the ashes there should um presumably be a massive buzz around cricket in this country and that would be uh, good for all of us i think uh, to get uh, you know a few more bums on seats at games and to get the you know hopefully that filters down into into the county system and uh, cricket becomes a lot healthier off the back of 2019 so i think yeah desperate to win the world cup to get the trophy but also desperate to do well to try and encourage people to come along to cricket matches and to yeah to love the game that we all love the same way that we do so that's that's the answer to, to your first question uh, england against pakistan um i thought england against pakistan the the five match the only four matches that were played <laughs> um, was uh, was a very good series actually i thought pakistan played well I thought England showed their quality in that they they managed to get across the line because England had got used to winning and Pakistan possibly haven't done. So it was no surprise that England won that series, but I was quite pleased to see Pakistan play so well. And it therefore wasn't so much of a shock to me that Pakistan turned up in the World Cup and and put pressure on England because I think the the it's easy to win series five match series are quite easy to win aren't they if you're playing good cricket you can get across the line because if you lose one match you know you just write it off to a, a bad day and you move on but obviously if you lose a match in the world cup that can cost you so england i think came in after obviously beating south africa so well in the first game 
And as soon as Pakistan put England under under real pressure, it, it made a difference. And Pakistan were good enough to see that through. But I mean, I'll, I'll just ask a question back to the guys, really, if I can, off the back of that, because having seen Pakistan quite a lot recently, they are very much a Jekyll and Hyde side. They can be brilliant. They've got some fantastic players. But then we saw them against the West Indies just completely blown away. And it was a shocking performance. Which is the real Pakistan? What, what, which Pakistan are you expecting to see turn up in your next game? Because it, it can be terrible and it can be fantastic. <laughs> I'll let Fezan take this one. James, if you ignore Liverpool's last season and you watch Liverpool's performances before this year, and uh, in, in the last season they had um, we compare Pakistan cricket team to Liverpool as in football uh, they can on their day they can be any team and they can lose against the weakest side um, that's the that's the beauty of Pakistani cricket like we have the talent we have all the ingredients to be champions but sometimes we just don't because the way our players are being brought up like this is just pure talent like our domestic cricket is not as strong as England or Australia so players have the ability they have the talent but sometimes they just like it's not just it's, it's not their day and they just they don't know like they just uh, don't perform as well as they do on the other days so it's just unpredictability about Pakistan like that's so exciting for the cricket fans and that keeps us uh, following them, even though we lose like 4-0, 5-0 against every team, but we still keep watching because we know there will be a day when we will be back on the rise. I, th- I think that's one uh, of the great things to see from this World Cup is that the, you know, you look at the Pakistan fans, superb, India fans, I know you don't like me saying it, but they were fantastic the other day. Um, seeing the Bangladeshi fans get so excited when their team does well. You know, you see these fans from across the uh, globe. I mean, a lot of them will be living in England, but there's a lot of travelling to support as well. It's brilliant, though, to see see all of these, um, yeah, the Afghans as well, seeing them come across here and just really enjoy the cricket. The atmospheres that some of the games have been superb. It's been really good. Usman, about your thoughts on Pakistan and uh, the query that uh, James put forward. <laughs> it's funny listening to these guys because, uh, you know, Pakistan cricket is uh, it's an uh, enigma. You know, it's a mystery. So no one really knows, as Nasser said so eloquently put it, one minute down, the next minute up. I think that really, um, you know, I mean, that, that captures the whole essence of Pakistan cricket. It's, it's just in our DNA, you know, to be woeful one day and to be... Know, sublime the next so that's why I mean I actually fancy our chances against New Zealand uh, even though you've been um, you know I mean they've been hammering us for the last couple of years and yet here I am thinking that oh I think we have a chance against them in the World Cup and yet at the same time I'm a little worried about us playing Afghanistan because uh, I think we might just lose because we struggled against them in the Asia Cup and uh, as, as James pointed out they have a pretty um, and a lot of Afghans are coming out you know in huge numbers to support their side so I think it's going to be a, a good game. So I don't think with Pakistan, you never really know, which is why, you know, it's so exciting and also tor- torturous, you know, as a fan because it hurts. Uh, but again, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I mean, you wouldn't really enjoy the highs without the lows and I wouldn't want it any other way. So I think that's what keeps us going. Hassan, they're not giving James the full picture. Please address the Sata factor and explain uh, to James what the Sata is. <laughs> okay, so right before I get into the Sata conspiracy theory, I'd, I'd just quickly add up that what I've seen so far from my all time that I followed Pakistan cricket is that uh, these guys, for some odd reason, 
uh, we know the talent is there, but there seems to be a psychological barrier uh, which fluctuates when it comes to their performances. And we've seen that, and, and I know I might get a bit of stick when I say this, but we've seen that when they have their backs against the walls and we've seen the entire Corners Tigers speech as well come, dating back 1992 when they won the World Cup. But when they have absolutely nothing to lose, then that for some odd reason brings the best out of them because then they don't have that second doubt in their gameplay. Otherwise, when they're taking it casually, uh, they don't seem to be following any game plan and, and you know, they just play on as per flow. But otherwise, when, when things really get bad, like, like how we saw in the England game that after the West Indies match, they were getting a lot of stick and they suddenly, you know, spring out of surprise. However, having said that, you know, we've had this conversation throughout the 90s and the early 2000s that there might be some, you know, shady characters putting in the Sutter Factor and us being in the South Asian area, we, we'd like to use that as a, as a cover-up for most of the, you know, incompetencies that we might see in the field. But I think it's a, it could be a mixture of both, but, but I would say predominantly it's uh, more psychological, which is why I think Pakistan team does need a sports psychologist. James, listen, just real quick, the fact that these boys aren't addressing the Sarta factor really annoys me. Pakistan, the PCB is run by the Pakistani government and the fact, and they come in and they appoint people who have nothing to do with cricket, who have no relevance to cricket, and they become head, the, 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 the chairman of the PCB and they don't know how to run the, the cricket board. And then we have organizations within our team selections. I mean, we've had four brothers from one family, uh, the three Akma brothers and then uh, this kid, Babar Azam, play from one family. And it just goes to show you the level of incompetency that's prevalent in the PCB. I mean, you can say the Pakistan's an enigma and you never know what to expect from them. But if they play consistent cricket and it, it, come, it's, it's a, it comes from the higher ups, if there is consistent, I mean, look at, look at the ECB, the English cricket board. They came, I mean, they went through a tour in time um, uh, before like uh, the Flintoffs took off and everything. And uh, but they got their act together and they've got a good uh, team going and they have good chemistry and they have a good organization now set up. And the fact that you guys, a lot of your players play in the IPL, that factors a lot. And that's something that we're excluded from. So politics definitely ha has a lot to, uh, to play in Pakistan's, uh, uh, you know, Torrid State right now. But James, yeah. uh, your I, final I, thoughts. Um... Uh, I, I, I went out to the Emirates T20 in uh, October, I think, last year, and I watched the Lahore Qalandas. Um, they, they lifted that uh, T20 trophy with effectively their development squad. It was coached by Akib Javid, and I, I interviewed him, and he was telling me about their um, development program where they go into the regions and they um, get the kids and they get anybody that's half interested in cricket and they coach them and then they pick the best best of them out to come and actually you know, join their development setup. Um, Shaheen Afridi, who's obviously in the Pakistan squads, was one of the guys that was bowling really well for them out there in uh, in the Emirates T20. And Sahel Akhtar, the opening um, batsman, was uh, a guy who had basically given up on cricket and had gone back into the office. And Akib Javid's um, lads went out and found him, got him back into the nets, realised he was a talent, and he, he scored a century in one of those games in the Emirates T20. So I think there are good things happening in Pakistan. It's just not um, probably, as you say, coordinated from the top. You did ask me one third question, didn't you? Because I I, and I hijacked your show by asking my own question, but the South African question about what's happened Thank to you. them. 
I um, I found I, I found their performances in this World Cup really disappointing. You know, they've turned up. I mean, there's a lot of controversy today about um, AB de Villiers apparently had phoned up uh, Fafta Plessy on the eve of the uh, World Cup squad announcement to say, actually, I wouldn't mind playing. And that, that just smacks of just complete um, chaos, doesn't it, really? Because he's the best, he's one of the best players in the world. AB de Villiers, if, if you give me the choice no of being a current player for a day, you know, to play like AB de Villiers would be incredible. But, you know, he, he'd obviously turned his back on that setup and then decided at the last minute I might do it. After plus he said, well, you know, it's too late. We'd already got everything in place by then, which I think was a fair comment. But it just shows that there's a little bit of a mess behind the scenes, probably in South African cricket at the moment. And they've turned up, Dale Stane obviously being injured was a major factor for them, but they didn't show up against England. And they look as if they're going to go home with very few points on the board at all. So, you know, a huge disappointment, I think. But I think, yeah, if we get some decent weather, the next few days, they're going to influence, you know, it's certainly going to be an impact upon who makes the final four. Um, I think the game between India and New Zealand is going to be a big one. Um, India coming off three wins against the inverted commas minnow countries. It's their first big test. And I think they could put India under some pressure as they did in the warm-up game between the two sides. You know, as you said, Pakistan against the West Indies is going to be a big game as well. So there's some big games coming. So hopefully the sun comes out. We stop talking about... Amen, amen. James, thank you so much for joining us, but it was a pleasure having you. It's a pleasure and good luck to Pakistan. I hope you enjoy the rest of the competition. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers, bye. Osman, bye. Take us out, sir. Tell us who's going to win tomorrow and your closing thoughts on the podcast today. I think, inshallah, the rain's going to stay away and Pakistan's winning. So, I think it's going to be great. And uh, it's great. it was also great to have, uh, you know, James, uh, you know, in the podcast. I think he added a lot of uh, value. And I think it's great when you have, uh, you know, um, like like a different viewpoint. Because he's not emotionally scarred as we are as Pakistan. <laughs> you know? so, 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 it was nice to have a stained person on board, you know, lecturing us on cricket and whatnot. But no, I mean, uh, in all seriousness, it's, this is always fun. And I hope we keep doing this, guys. Thank you, Usman Bhai. Pakistan? Zindabad. Take care, guys.